Uh, all right, Jeff, you can get us back on the rails here. We got we we've got a lot to talk about, um, and hopefully we'll, we'll even maybe we'll get a bonus uh, Josh video out in the next day or so. We'll see if it all comes together. But um, man, there's there's ton to ton to discuss. Um, where do you want to start? Oh yeah, well, let's go back to the Vikings game. That was Monday night. Uh, kind of a bizarre game in the fact that pretty much it went remarkably different than any other Seahawks game this year with a defense totally dominating the offense, having some incredibly bizarre, some bizarre moments. And it was a, what, three, nothing game going into the fourth quarter. So what the Seahawks were able to pull it out in the end, the Seahawks were the better team all game and just kept shooting themselves in the foot or bizarre things were happening. But in the end, the Seahawks beat Minnesota they're what ninety nine percent playoff now. Yep, they're pretty much locked in for the fifth seed in the NFC. So we'll start. We'll start with that. So what stood out to you guys? We'll start with you, Evan. This okay. This is a little bit off track, but it was Frank Clark's comments post game. Did you get there. Jeff? You actually, Jeff, you were the one that pointed it out to me. Um, it kind of took a little bit to spread, but Frank Clark had some really interesting comments post game where he basically called out Richard Sherman a little bit and was like, you know, Richard Sherman isn't in this locker room anymore. His opinion doesn't really matter. They, you know, they've got, I'm paraphrasing here, but they've got issues in Santa Clara, San Francisco, whatever. And he was all about like, this is my defense. Now this is Bobby Wagner, Wagner and I's defense. And, you know, coming off a super cool, amazing defensive performance. I, that was such a weird game because I expected the offense actually to really dominate, but um obviously that didn't happen as we know but it, it, it's really cool i think i think we have to give a little bit of credit to frank clark coming into the nfl there was a lot of skepticism you know around him for many reasons many valid reasons off the field and maybe some on the field too but um it feels like he's really grown into a leadership role on this team and you know he's mostly done good things and I think he's a player to be really excited about. And personally, I hope they can keep him around with an extension. Yeah. Pete, Pete came on this week and was saying, there's no way they're letting Frank go. I mean, he was pretty, he was pretty clear cut in his comments about that. Um, I think we're talking about Brock and Salk and um, they're asking him about that. And he's like, we're not letting Frank go. So I, I think that's a, that's a certain sure, sure thing. Um, you know, as far as in the game, I come, I come back to the comments that he made. Um, but as far as in the game, I was shocked at how good the defense played. Like, from the very first snap, um, I don't know if you guys remember it, but there was a run play, and they stuffed him, and the entire defense, the entire defense piled on. There was guys jumping on the pile, like all 11 guys. And I looked at my... My friend, I was like, sitting next to me, I was like, like, we haven't seen that for years where the Seahawks really swarmed to the ball and showed that kind of enthusiasm and, and like swagger kind of and how they were going to protect their house. And so that was, that was a great start. And then give credit where it's due. Like Ken Norton and Pete came up with a twist on their defensive philosophy. They, they were playing different coverages. They were playing different personnel, playing six DBs, seven DBs. And this is a team in Minnesota that passed like 70%, like the number one percentage passing offense in the NFL. Um, 
And they came up with a game plan that I think really confused Kirk Cousins and had them like scuffling. Adam Thielen didn't even have a target in the first half. Like it was, I mean, that to me was shocking because this defense has been anything but shut down for the last, you know, four to six weeks. Yeah. If you remember our show last week, one of the things I brought up was that Minnesota has a really bad offensive line. And I did think there was an opportunity for Frank and for Jaron. But you're right. Ken Norton and Pete really did a good job in that game, just doing some different stuff. I remember on the first third down of the game, they had that 7-DB look that you probably haven't seen since Pete's first year. And that, comp that completely confused Kirk Cousins. Uh, the biggest thing for me was Shaq Griffin. Shaq Griffin, maybe he can only play on Monday night or something because his two Monday night games this year have been ridiculous. The Bears, game, the Bears game, he was – this game might have been better just considering the quality of competition going against Thielen and Diggs. He was fantastic, and having Kendricks back made a big difference. Unfortunately, that's a short-term thing. Um, Kendricks, Bobby was great. If you watch the film on some of those fourth down stops where Frank knifes through the defense. Bobby just tackles Dalvin Cook, or it was Latavius Murray at will. He was fantastic. Uh, you you kind of only saw more of an edge rush coming. Again, it might be the bad Minnesota offensive line. It might be Kirk Cousins being finicky. But, yeah, the defense played with – a different kind of energy that you have seen all year. And again, I'm still trying to figure out if that was progress or that's just Minnesota's O-line kind of playing into what Seattle's strengths are and it's the speed off the line and Frank Clark. But I don't, yeah, think, I don't think you can say that. That wasn't my interpretation. I mean, definitely the Vikings offensive line is crap. We talked about that before the game and that obviously contributed. But I think you have to give the, the coaches and the players credit for the way they played. Um they did come in with a different game plan. And the players, I think someone in the chat pod just said this, and they were right. Someone uh, on defense said that they knew the plays that were coming, that they like they were that prepared, that they knew the offense for the Vikings. We don't usually hear that from the Seahawks. Um, and then Shaquille Griffin, a great call-out, Jeff. I mean, I've been pretty hard on him this year. I think he's taken a step back. He was great in that game, you know, like – there was a play late in that game, and I think it was the one before the they forced the field goal. I'm not sure where. There was a, a pass to Adam Thielen, and it was for a third down, and he was wide open, and Griffin broke on the ball and like dove and and knocked it away. I think it was a second straight deflection or something like that. That's a that's a great play, and it's not a play we've been seeing. We've not been seeing him make a play on the ball like that. Really, you're right since the Chicago game. So. Um, huge kudos to him. Um, and another piece that I want to call out is the tackling. I don't know if I don't know if it was coming through on TV, but Dalvin Cook was like a hair away, a fingertip away from breaking like probably six or seven runs in that game. And he had no one in front of him. And there would be Shamar Steven would grab him by one arm, or like it was different guys. Like Trey Flowers had a great tackle on the edge. Um, like there was a number of guys that stepped up and uh, the tackling had not been that good for a while. So uh, yeah, I don't think you can say that's the offensive line either. Fair. Um, I think McDougal had a really good game too. Yeah. Uh, McDougal had the breakup in the end zone on Kyle Rudolph on the fourth and goal. Uh, Brian Baldinger did a video today, purely focusing on McDougal's tackling in the game and his just ability to diagnose plays. He's really developed this year, and he's kind of he was kind of slowing down from the beginning of the year in the last couple of weeks. That game in Minnesota, if you watch the film of it, he was fantastic. He was covering receivers. He was covering tight ends. 
He was playing in the box. That was as good as complete as a game as he had all year. Can we stop on Michael Kendricks for a second? Yeah. Obviously, the news, yeah. you know, broke today that he broke his tibia or something. So basically, broke his leg. Um, do we know what quarter he got hurt in? Because I thought he returned to the game, or or was I wrong about that? That is a great call out, Evan. So not only for those of people that didn't hear the news today, Michael Kendricks, Seahawks linebacker, who just came back this last game um, from suspension. Uh, was put on IR, season-ending uh, surgery to, to repair a broken leg, broken tibia. And I heard Brock and Salk interviewing Pete after the game, and he, Pete made a point to say that Kendricks hurt, he thought he hurt his knee, but that he was just a tough guy and he wanted to come back in, and he just really was a warrior and he kept playing. So he thought they, they did not know it was a broken tibia at that point, or they wouldn't have let him back in. Or maybe there could be controversy, we'll find out. We'll probably never know the truth, but maybe he didn't have one and then kept playing on it with an injury and caused it. That's possible too. But in any event, Kendricks played through pain and played through injury and played pretty well. And uh, I'm bummed. I really was excited about how he could upgrade that defense because there's really no other options to upgrade that defense. And as well as Austin Calitro has done relative to expectations, He's like a, you know, we talked about it last week. He's a, a four, four and a half out of ten at linebacker, and Kendricks was at least a six and a half, seven kind of player. So um, we'll see. Maybe KJ Wright still has a chance to come back. That that's that's Pete's left that door open. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Kendricks, considering you know his potential imprisonment for you know the it wasn't money laundering. I think it was insider trading. Yeah, so I wonder. I, I believe he's just on a one-year deal right now. I wonder if they would consider extending him and then retaining his rights for when he got out of jail. That's just me hypothesizing, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, so defensively, I imagine everyone, there's a lot of positives. They probably should have had a shutout. The one touchdown came in garbage time. Offensively, it was kind of a mixed bag. I don't know how you guys felt. For me, there was a lot of things I liked. And a lot of things I didn't like. From the like side, I thought the run game looked fantastic against probably the best front seven they faced this year. I thought the I thought Dwayne Brown specifically looked amazing getting out in space, controlling the line of scrimmage. Sheldon Richardson was a complete non-factor, zero quarterback hits. Uh, Chris Carson looked great. Penny had a couple big runs. They were just able to run the ball consistently. Russell got into it. The passing game was tough. There was a lot of things. It seemed like Seattle was just running nine routes all game, those deep routes, and they weren't even trying to go intermediate. And Minnesota did a good job covering it up, but maybe it's the loss of Doug Baldwin. Maybe it's not, but they didn't take any shots at the intermediate level of the field. And they left, they didn't leave a ton out there, but they just, their, their game plan was pretty bizarre because they didn't match the play action with the run game. And that's kind of one of the reasons what do you have the run What game. do you mean by that? I, I saw tons of play action in that game. But I mean, they only were kind of ran the same route, that deep route. Uh huh. They didn't well, run it to the intermediate route. They hit Vanette once. They hit Fant on it. Yeah. But they 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 were, maybe it's a thing that Doug does well well, and the other receivers don't. But the intermediate part of the field was open consistently because they were working so hard to cover the deep ball. And it didn't seem like they adjusted very well in the passing game. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I thought they looked very much like the same blueprint 
sprint they've been using in, in most games. And Minnesota is a better defense than they've been playing in most games. And their, their coverage is really good. Holton Hill had to sub in for Trey Waynes. Holton Hill's a, a rookie for them. And I thought he played a really good game. Even the plays where people are like, oh, David Moore should have gotten two feet in. <laughs> Those are tight coverage plays. Those aren't like easy gimmies. And there were there was maybe one play where I saw Tyler Lockett running open. It was a play that Russell missed him for, for some reason. And some people are saying he had already moved off of him to another receiver. But um, for the most part, the Vikings just did a really good job. I mean, Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith arguably are the best safety tandem in the NFL. Um, you know, I mentioned last week Anthony Harris is the, the new guy, the young guy that most people don't know. He came into this game allowing a passer rating of 9.4. 9.4. So, I mean, he's really, really good. Um, so, I, I agree with you. I don't think I saw adjustments. But let me ask you guys this question. I'll start with you, Evan. Um, do you think that this Seahawks, the Seahawks could have won this particular game if they didn't have a running game, but they did have Sean McVay as coach? Yes, absolutely. Why? Because Sean McVay is brilliant offensively. Like, I, I there's no – are you kidding me? Like, I, I, are we really comparing, like, Brian Schoenheimer and, like, Pete Carroll to Sean McVay offensively nope. right now? Nope, that is not the question. question is, if they didn't have a running game. Yeah, no running game. But they had Sean McVay. Okay, actually, I retract my answer. I'm not sure. Because that de- – I, I think I'm underrating that defense a little bit. That's what I think, dude. I, I And I've been thinking about this a little bit. I came into the Monday night with really high expectations for the offense, but I've been wondering if I've been underrating the Vikings defense a bit. How about you, Jeff? Same question. Um, Probably not in the fact that I think without Doug in the lineup – I don't think Seattle maybe has the receivers to run that kind of offense. And if you saw, there was almost no separation. If you eliminate the run game from that, as good as Minnesota defended, they're even easier to defend. With Tyler Lockett, who's a great downfield separation guy, but with Jerron Brown, David Moore, who's a, who's a great player but raw, and Malik Turner, Ed Dixon, Vanette, I don't think you can run that McVay offense. I think well, the McVay... So you know what's an interesting comparison here? Rams, Bears. That's so, why I'm asking, dude. Rams, you're, you're, Bears. I'm, I'm leading you into that. And why is that relevant, my friend? It's relevant because Gurley sucked. They had no running game. Well, actually, I don't know if it was Gurley that sucked. It's, something sucked, so their run game sucked. And they sucked. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe Sean McVay wouldn't win that game, but – I don't know. Yeah, the, the point the point there for me is Bears defense is really good, right? Um, I think we all know that we've seen it, and when the Rams Rams offense is really good, I think we all have tons of respect for Sean McVay. I think we've we've talked about it. Like Evan, you were at the game with me when we just marveled at how many players were wide open and how easy of a game it is for Jared Goff. You know, he's not thrown into tight windows almost ever, but when it counts. In the playoffs, when you start, you don't get to play the crappy teams and the games get harder, then I think you see that. I think that Bears-Rams game was really instructive, right? The Rams offense, all of a sudden, 
wasn't able to get wide open plays. They weren't able to have comfort. Jared Groff was struggling and making some just bonehead Jared Goff X plays um, that I think is I think is his true nature as a quarterback when he doesn't have someone like McVay scheming for him to have wide open throws. And I think the Vikings are not the Bears, but I think the Vikings are a really good defense. And I think if you had Sean McVay controlling the passing game, but you had no run game, I don't think that they, I, I, you know, I don't think that they win this game. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm harping on this is because this was a pretty interesting game for the Seahawks. I don't think they could have won this game any of the past two years, mm. even with more of the Seahawks defense back. I think in games when Russell Wilson, there's no way for him to pass, and it's just like he's having an off day, the defense takes him away. I don't think the Seahawks have had a good chance to win those games. And they piled up over 200 yards rushing against a really good running defense too. So I think that's re- it was really encouraging to see this Seahawks ha- offense have a part of their identity that is – so far been pretty agnostic of what defense they play against. They've been able to run about against just about everybody other than really Carolina um, late. 